Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey, it's Zane Lowe here with another conversation as part of the interview series. Hope you're all well. Thank you for joining me once again for what was, for me, one of the most eye-opening and revealing interesting conversations I've had in a long time with an artist who has gone from being a founding member of one of the most influential groups of creators in the last two decades. Facts. There's pre and post odd future. They unlock the codes for a lot of what is today's culture surrounding music, fashion, art, dialogue, and discussion. They pushed a lot of buttons, exciting buttons, for some people offensive buttons. It was all very visceral at that time. But since then, each individual member has gone on to achieve great, great things from Frank Ocean, Sid, the internet, the return of Hodgy recently, of course, Tyler, the creator, and other members of Odd Future continuing to create art and do great things. But my guest on the interview series today is Earl Sweatshirt, who has become an icon amongst fans of rap music and also someone who, through his craft, takes you into a very deep and dense world where every word and every sentiment and every idea counts. To be granular about it, sometimes when you're listening to verses and songs, you feel like people are on a journey from the first word to the last one. With Earl, I feel like every word has its own place and then adds to the context of the overall story. It's true art. Earl is a true artist and somebody who I've met several times over the course of his music career. And different Earls have shown up at different times. We've had dismissive, sarcastic, funny conversations. We've had brief conversations, but this was one where I feel like everything came together and we dived into subject matter that neither of us were really expecting to cover. That's because this time, for me at least, I came in with no real agenda apart from having heard the album. And that's where we jump off from, sitting in the studio, listening to that record and just going wherever the conversation takes us. So go with us right here on the interview series, myself and Earl Sweatshirt. I always enjoy seeing you, man. I always appreciate the time because I appreciate what you do with your art so much. Like, there are times when I feel like what you're saying just in one line, it could be an entire song in itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this kind of collection of thoughts that just fly out of you. And uh, you've done it again with this album, Sick Earl. Good to see you. Good to see you as well, brother. Tabula Rasa, The Clean Slate, right? Empiricism at its finest. Everything that is on the mind is learned and absorbed and experienced. I wonder how important that statement is for the album as a whole because it feels a little bit like that to me listening to it. Like you're sort of in a clearing or, or a different space than you've been before. Maybe. I feel like that concept could be a bit aspirational though because I feel like there's context for everything. Like in life, like we come from something. We don't occupy a space of nothingness. Right, and it's, how do you aspire to a clean slate once life begins? Because surely it's 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 the it's the antithesis of what you're supposed to do, which is gain experience after experience after experience. It ends up being an attempt more than like a a state. Yeah, it's a practice. Like you're trying to. That's what the purpose kind of of that song was. Even when I pitched it to Woods and Elucid, because I, I asked them to set it off. And they were like asking me conceptually what I wanted to do. And then because of kind of the gospel thing, I'm like, like a confessional. That's what I mean. It's like an attempt at cleaning this. You know what I mean? You're mm. trying to clear that. That's a phrase. So yeah, we know you're right. It's a lifelong practice. Why, that's why people go and sit on top of mountains for exactly. 50 years. You're trying to work <laughs> back towards nothingness. Yeah, you're trying to get back to that place of purity, right? And th- the really crazy thing is, and you've talked about this throughout your music, most of the stuff you absorb that ends up sitting on life's path, you don't actually ask for and have zero control over. True, yeah. 
you sort of inherit that experience and then it sort of informs the next experience. And by the time you grow up old enough for people to say, take control of your life, you're like, but I was out of control for yeah, 18 years. Like, bruh, like <laughs> I was exploring. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I saw someone say something about that the other day, like online. It's like children, the child's job is to like explore. Like you can't, you, you're not informed enough to make life decisions. Totally. You, you, you're exploring, you're learning. But that's kind of the nature of the beast, bruh, of life. Like, this is not nice. You know what I mean? It's not designed kind of to be... My, my friend said his father told him that, like, when he was younger. He, he was, like, complaining that he wasn't happy. He was like, this is not... It's not in the pamphlet. Like, that you're not supposed to be happy all the time. You know what I mean? Very much so. I love that realization. As stark as that is an observation for a child to hear, especially coming from someone who's the... This is, you know, the African parent of a, you know, African child. That's Real talk. It's real. Yeah. But what it does is it actually sets a bar of... It sets a level of expectation from a, from a personal level, right, between those two people in terms of um, the skills and the tools you'll need in order to try to get to a place where... To navigate. Yeah, to yeah. navigate. And, that's and, one, yeah. and it builds trust too. Yeah, it does, true. Honesty and truth. Because the song before that one is the, it ends with the quote on that. It's like, what am, what should I tell our black children? And then the magic of make-believe. Hmm. And then Elusive yeah. tells the truth. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And Billy yeah. Wiz tells the truth. He cooked chicken in his boxes late night. The truth is is oftentimes the most beautiful. Woods always shows you that. It's the little details of Woods writing. This is the journey you've been on as an artist from day one. You captured our imagination as sort of elusive character whose backstory was something that was fascinating to the internet. And then I feel like you've been on this journey to like establish yourself and your real truth, which is like, that's just make-believe. You all made that up. Whether it's based in truth or not, that's not my truth. And this is what we're getting now. And that's what I feel like every album has just been like breaking another. For sure. You know? But it's fun though. Like that's been part of my reality though, is that I have had myths uh, applied to me mm. and I've had to make sense of that that's happened for a reason and it could either be a disadvantage it could be painful for me or it's like or your mother right or your family too true or it's like maybe that's fire maybe it's, you know what I mean maybe it's a bit of a it's a bit of both it's a bit of you know what I mean you need a bit you need a bit of mythology to like live on past your your years. People get to make up stories. And That's a real sage observation at 27, which is an important year, depending on how deeply you go into numerology and the evolution of the human spirit. But 27 is a key moment. Four sevens. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's good. Also, on the um, celebrity side of things. like All I, of that. It made it out. All of that. You're good because, because like, you're so connected, at least from a fan point of view, listening to your music, right? You're so connected to your to your to your sort of inner to your inner voice right now. That, like I said at the very beginning, I just tried to sum it up at the beginning. It's like every time that you say one line, it's like, what's the impact of that one line? You guys can come together. What I take from it is at the end of the verse that you, I'll, I'll probably paint a picture that's different to the one you paint, but you're in control of every line. I feel like you're that granular now. For sure, hundred um, percent. That was something I think I learned in like a. Or something that hit me really profoundly in like a 10th grade English class. Yeah. The teacher was like, he was so fucking excited about the shit. 
and I was too. Uh, the, the level of detail that he was like getting into about like everything before he even gets into the story is just like describing the scene and it's like painting this thing for you. And he was like, this is so deliberate. Like all of this writing, this is all so deliberate. And so being in control of it means... That's what you can be in control of is that one moment. Because really what you're talking about is something a bit more existential, which is that you can only control the moment. And as close to the moment as you can get is that singular thought or ideation right then and there. After that, as you've seen and we've heard, it comes to us and we change shape. For sure. But you see that, again, with certain forms of uh, religion and esoterica, a lot of this shit is not, you know what I mean, meant for everyone to grasp, like, the whole thing. Yeah. So there's kind of tiered understandings. And then also, what about the fact that you're supposed to grow with things, bruh? Like, maybe uh, your understanding of something is going to take some time, time and some growth and some experience. Because I was thinking about that the other day of, like, even just letting the thought out publicly with on whatever platform of, like, to, to other artists. Like, however much life and experience you put into it is what people are going to be able to get out of it. Well, the maximum they'd be thinking to be able to get out of it. Exactly. The tough part now is that a lot of times we, and I put we into this because we're all the same. We're all, like I said, we're quite simple creatures, really. We make it super complex. But the bottom line is that most of the time, we, it's, it's, it's just a cherry pick anyway. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, 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 you know, for you as an artist who I think embraces density. For sure, because it's an attractive thing to me, bro. Like mastery, like of self. That's what I'm the most excited about of being in control of my writing. It's like, no, I can be a good magician. It, you know what I mean? If that's the allegory, if, if the writing is magic and I'm not really in control of it, someone might die or some shit, or I might, like, really cut this woman in half. Or you might end up being, as my friend D in New Zealand refers to it as wizard sleeves, when you get to the point where it's like, you can do both, and both are real and both are totally imaginary at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> but being in, you know what is more better allegory? is like a driver. It's like, I'm driving a car and you're the passenger. As the listener, if I'm a really good driver, if I have total mastery of this car, we can have a bit more fun. Like, you might not know where we're going or like how we're going, but I can like go off of the road. I get, man. And that's what I love about this album and the, and the albums leading up to this point, because that's totally it. I never feel like I'm just in a place of, and I mean this with total respect, because I, I love rap. I love bars and I love swagger and, and verses and I love tone and texture and tactility and energy and all that shit that comes with great rap music. Truth. But man, with you, I just feel like I'm always peeling another layer. And sometimes it's the same onion. You know, it's just like, oh, that's another line. That's another line. That's another line. Yeah, man. Density. You love density. I love density. I want to live after I'm dead, man. It's, it's part of the relationship I have with even my father. It's like I get to interact with the man through peeling. It's it's there, you know what I mean? That's the, a beautiful silver lining that you've developed. That's a real that's real growth because the other flip side of that is anger and resentment and frustration. But then I realize it's the it was a bit of a trade-off. It's like this is a prolific writer. 
didn't really have time to like watch the paint peel with me, like at the crib while I was sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, when he passed, it was tough, but post is like, oh, and as my brain has grown and my capacity for understanding has grown, as like, oh, okay. Funny. Like, <laughs> parenthood's a weird thing. You know, they write enough books about it. People get rich off manuals, but man, there's no manual for that. There's really not. And just like how we said at the beginning of this, talking about the clean slate and all that. Yeah. And a bit of, about parenting. It's like, I'm on the side of being a responsible driver so that I can tell the truth because we're dealing with a volatile substance. Yeah. It's not designed for you to necessarily be happy by default. This is what I'm saying. And it's hard. I even said some shit like that on a, like, Feet of Clay. Because I had seen it with my nephew. I watched a child get introduced to violence. Like, that's crazy. That's hard. That's tough for you as an adult. But it's also like, damn, it's real. I'm at the park with my nephew in South Africa. And my nephew the sweetest kid. Probably like five or six. And... You know, it's South Africa, less than 30 years out from apartheid. Yeah, it's visceral. Yeah, so the kid comes up to my nephew, white kid comes up to my nephew as he's about to go on the um, slide. No, you can't go. My nephew doesn't know that he's interact what he's interacting with. Yeah. And I'm like livid. I put my nephew to the side like, yo, never, ever, ever let nobody... Blah, blah, blah. And I had a whole thing with my, my sister was like trying to navigate it of like kind of preserve his innocence or whatever. I'm like, what the f- do you mean? Like, this. But you're both right. You know that, right? We are both right. But I'm saying, like I said at the beginning, what is guaranteed in, in this life is like, especially as a young black boy, they come in. There is an, there is an assault on your identity that is coming. So, sorry, Baba, if I have to tell you what is coming. I already know the answer to this question, but I feel compelled to ask it. Will you afford the same level of unfiltered truth to your own child? I already talked. He's like not 18 months. I'll talk about systemic racism with this guy. I I keep the ceiling high for... For this guy. Yeah, I knew that was the answer. That's how I was dealt with. Because you also see it with children. If you keep it real with children, and by the time they're about five and six, like, and this is, I'm just saying, in my family, see what type of sentences children start saying if you treat them with a certain level of seriousness and intelligence. Like, see what they have to say by the time they're, like, eight years old. Yeah, yeah, the mind is at its most absorbent. And, yeah, no, you're right. And it's it's funny because as as parents, man... And I'm sure you feel this too, because I'm sh- I know how much you love your kid, right? You're a thoughtful and caring and emotionally intelligent person. So you got to feel that, that you know you also feel that instinct to want to protect and nurture in different ways. And so it's, it's actually a discipline and a commitment and hard work to do the other thing because your instinct goes the other way, right? My, but that's where the protection instinct is, is the truth. That's what I'm saying in the quote on the vision song. It's like, I am not going to injure this child with lies about <laughs> the the world so that he can come out here and be have his mirage castle 
smashed. It's like, let's build a real house for you to be safe inside of. Foundation of real truth. Come on. Yeah. We're talking to a real one right now. I say that, man, like, oh, sweatshirt. Um, the music speaks for itself, but I always love the chance to, to, to speak with you. Let's just talk about the sonic template that you continue to build upon the idea that these thoughts, maybe I'm looking too deeply into it, but I feel like the way your, your, your music sounds gives me the impression that um, keep the mic on at all times. I don't care where it is. I don't care what it sounds like to some degree. I want that spirit of being in the moment. I don't care if I'm outside, inside, in my car, on my phone, in the studio with Alchemist or collaborator. I want to capture the moment. Well, because of that, I try and control my environment because I know the fleeting nature of like inspiration and like catching the spirit. And I'm going to focus in on your relationship with Alchemist for a second because he is like the producer equivalent. Like he will just make the hedge and then he'll be like, okay, I know this one's going to snap. And reach a bigger audience. And no, he it, cares, bro. He cares. He cares about a the lot, detail. He so, cares. He, so he makes this stuff sound like it's like, oh, he just pulled a record out, looped it, and went on. But then you listen to really listen to it, and it's like, wow, there's a lot going on. There's here. a lot going on. Yeah, him, him, and uh, him and Otis, man, him and Madlib, bro. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is not just a loop. Like this is. 27 tri- or like what the f- was this noise like right here it must be really fascinating for you and you probably don't think back on it at all but sometimes I think back on some of those earlier recordings that were considered so rough and rugged and raw at the time the ones you did with your friends and then ultimately on your own but compared to now and the tastefulness and the thought going into reduction that they sound fully produced they sound like over progressive over, rap you records gotta, bro, you gotta think <laughs> about the, the the influences it's like with with Al even with Black, with, like, Madlib, who I was talking about, this is, like, the influences is going back to, like, a certain place. With OF, our de facto leader, Tyler, like, behind production stuff, who was, like, setting the tone for everything, this is a guy from a different school. This is a school, this is Pharrell's school. This is Stevie Wonder. And then exactly, yeah. if you go through Pharrell, then you go back, then it's like Quincy Jones. Yeah. So this is going to be like, you, right, you talk to Tyler, bro, you talk to Tyler, it's like, bro, you hear these chords? He was, it's no, like, this is the crazy thing. Go back and listen to those albums that people were literally were up in arms and trying to ban his fucking travel visa for, and all the chords are still there. It's like, man, he just didn't have the tools at the time. Man loves. Court. He, he loves chords. Literally loves chords. Like chords. he loves, it. yo. This flex it on you with the bridge. Like that's that's his favorite. Thing. He's like, bro, the bridge. Like, do you hear this bridge? Yeah. It's like, yeah. This is crazy. This, it, it just blows my mind. It's that, like, different schools, bro. It's different schools. None of us production like, schools. We can always pretend, and some people may be able to justify. Certainly, those closer to the camp will know. As fans, some will pretend, most will acknowledge that none of us truly recognized what was trying to be achieved in the moment because we were just stuck in the sound and the sonic template of it. But the, the ambition was always I there. I mean, and then conversely, from our side, I didn't know to compare it to nothing else. Yeah. Real, I mean, not to compare it to nothing else, but I'm like 16. This is our guy. It's like that, that was the, the, the mode that was set. So it was like, Meaning in terms of like how a culture is created. Like our group culture was like, because are going to make fun of you if you rely on a sample. 
So it was like, step your chords up. So like all of the, uh, even my early production, like I don't like, mm. or like whatever little stuff I did on um, Doors, but mainly like, I don't like, it's like, bro, that is chord work. Like that is, is not sampling. I literally, after that, and because that was when we kind of got grown and, and started doing our own things, that's when I spent two years over Al's shoulder and over Knowledge's shoulder. I was going to ask you about that. Because it was like... That I'm, search for identity and who I am and my voice on my own and terms. because I knew I wanted to rap. Yeah. And I also respect rap as a whole art form in and of itself. So it's like, like how you said, a lot of them think it's like, take their record, loop their record... No, because you know why? Because no, like, you know why? Try it. You have the tools right now. Go get a record, loop it, put it through Logic Audio, cost you a couple of hundred bucks for the software, whatever. Go do it, try it, then compare it to the, the masters of the trade. And like one single tear will roll down your face. I'm trying to tell you because it's a feeling thing. Yeah, it's a Even feeling. if you just catch your little four bar loop or whatever, you're going to be like, and then you play it for people, they're going to be like, that's all right. Okay. Yeah. It's growth. It's actual because fucking growth. It's called growth. It's called growing into mastery level. It's like, growing into mastery level. It's also a big part of the whole thing with um, sampling is like you're showing who you are. You're showing what your influences are. You're almost showing how you grew up. Who are those people that like, you know somewhere even in your subconscious that you just want to know that you feel like a contemporary and that you've made that mark? Um, it's been so many people, bro. Like, ever since I was, like, 12, I literally, like, that. that's kind of where I started rapping from. I would pretend that I was on songs with... One of the first verses I wrote was, like, To Go Crazy by Jeezy and, and Hov. What if I got a hot 16 on yeah, this? Yeah, like, yeah. what if I'm rapping on a song? And then I'll tell you a super one that, like, really, like, Mikey and Chuck, bro. Oh, cool. yeah. Cool Kids? Cool oh, Kids. Oh, my gosh. Cool Kids. Yo, we don't, <sighs> we don't talk about Michael Rocks. Dude. Big, heavy schemes, right? Real, oh, big, my Really, God. really, really masterful rapper. And really masterful producer. Really, Chuck, really masterful producer. This Chuck left the open 16 on the second song on uh, Gone Fishing. I was... All on, I was like, that's literally my verse. I love that. And then, you know, as like moving through time, then it was like Doom, Eminem, that is like that time. Like I said, Hove, obviously Wayne. Like right now, I'm talking about what went into my like the architecture. Initial, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was born, I can't even take. You know what I mean? I actually can't even take the blame for being born when I was born. I got to put it on the n that was making music at the time that I was coming up. Because the the Nas album that I had... This is where I all Illmatic fans cry I in their soup. I was 12. Which one was it? Hip-hop is dead, dog. That was... I was you know, 12. I'm not mad at that album. But, bro, that album is like... The weirdest album so like true. ever. That's the he did a whole voice in an old timey like twenties <laughs> criminal. He was like, see? like he did a whole <laughs> song like in that. I'm just saying, I grew up in weird times for rap. Oh, 
Slum Village, bruh. Well, Jay Dilla, I mean, is pre and post. I mean, yes. that's, a, that's a very much a pre and post. Dilla, moment. of course. Dilla, Dilla was on his own, but I mean, bro, my, my shit was weird. Even like, the rap album. I right. had the goddamn Detroit Deli album. That shit me up. And I was like, after Dilla died, like, Dilla only had one on there. That's one thing about it, bro. Dilla raps. Dilla was one of the best rappers, bro. That's the whole thing. We're in 2022, dog. It's like a lo-fi chill station where just like, I didn't quantize it, dog. I'm doing the Jay Dillon. I didn't like, quantize like, But. You mean there's the places in between 81 and one and, and 161 that you can put the snare? Are you kidding? What are we talking about? It's like, here? damn, did you hear what I did, bro? This shit is original. I didn't quantize this. Some people take it so far, I'm not even sure which one's going in which direction. That was, again, the feel of it all, though. And that's the thing about your music, man, is it? Is it? It's very much about a feeling. It's very much about a feeling for something, and, you know. bro, beyond the feeling, like how you said about mastery, it's like, bro, if you think what's going on is non-quantization here, if you think that that's what the key to this is, we talk, exactly, we're talking, the homage thing that I'm talking about of, like, the the rap thing, Dilla was giving you a window, like I would give it Madlib, right? Mm-hmm. That's a genre of music on his own. That is something that I guess you could call world music. Mm-hmm. He through Madlib, you are getting what he is inspired by, which is the entire Everything. world Everything. of music. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like, if you think that the key to something is like how you program it, you have lost the plot. Like, explore yourself mm. and then see what comes of that. Full circle. It's the same as what we were talking about before about density. But really, the whole purpose of that is to know what you're willing to remove. So when I listen to your music, I listen to a song on your album and it's just... It's, it's to some people a simple loop and then it's you just expressing yourself. They're, they're forgetting the fact that for those ingredients to exist, there has to be this whole other universe that's explored and then things are pulled away, pulled away, pulled away. It's like, it's like when uh, you, know, you go and watch a great band, like, like I don't know, if we can talk about the Beatles or talk about any of those bands and you watch Get Back or whatever and they would throw so much shit at it and then they would just go out, 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 out. All the ingredients are left over are sprinkled with all that other shit and they just taste better. Mm. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like reduction is like that's the that's the piece most people miss. Chiseling. Yeah. To chisel a block of marble into something beautiful. Yeah. And that's like taking away. It's destroying in a sense. So let's talk a little bit about like if we if you don't mind about um the life that informs the art and informs the music. Because, you know, you're an honest writer and you know, you, you say a lot in your music about what you're going through in it and you have become whether you meant to or not like to some degree you know an inspiring advocate for that conversation about like hey man like you know i'm not i'm not all there i don't have all the answers i've been through some tough shit blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. how are you sort of like on your own personal journey aside from sharing it with you with us through music how are you practicing improvement in your own life in order to kind of be as you say the, you know a complete vision of yourself moving forward for a long time, I think I made the mistake of thinking that it was like a before and after thing. Like I would like reach a point and then you're like done struggling. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm good now. It's like, it's over. Mm-hmm. 
which is not the nature of the game, the up and down thing. Once you get it to kind of control, it that becomes the line. You can kind of establish like a, a through line, a through line of like up and it's it's like a it's like a wave form. You know yeah, what you I mean? You start focusing on the on the actual curvature and start focusing. Like on that stops scaring you. Like yeah. that motion <laughs> stops scaring you so much. You kind of plan on it. So it's like. For instance, like I'm in a, I'm in a celebratory state. Like we just dropped the thing, right? So it's like I have this opportunity right now to like truly be happy, mm. to be happy. How we were talking about, I have the opportunity to be happy, and because of my experience in life, I've been knocked down from being happy. It can make you a, a bit of a fatalist, you know. It's like it's that's the type of shit that makes people say life is bad. Which is just a lie. It's actually just a lie. That's what walked outside and it's still it's just gorgeous, man. That could be the most frustrating thing, bro, because if your cat just died and you, you want this to hailstorm or something, you know what I mean? That's you why California is such a fucking sucker because it constantly tries to tell you through sunshine and, and blue skies that like, hey, it's all good. It's like, it actually has the opposite effect at times. This is depressive. Yes. Up and down is wavy, wavy. Because <laughs> I think you were asking me about like, you know, life and and how how the strides that I make for balance, for balance and improvement. It's like for balance, what I'm trying to do right now. And I I literally I prayed on this yesterday, brother. Like it was in my prayer. Like, forgive me for the times that I haven't really treated what's been bestowed on me like the blessing that it is, which is sometimes just simply enjoying it. Like, I don't have to, like, overstate the enjoyment of it. The one and only Earl Sweatshirt, our guest on the interview series this week. His album is called Sick. All his albums are amazing. You should dive into Apple Music if that just sparked your interest in him and listen because, as I said before, you know, he's a true creative, true artist. All right, thanks so much for checking out another conversation right here. Next week, we're back with Mick Fleetwood right here on the interview series. Don't miss that one. Take care.